Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. Trust the Lord today. Yeah, it is so good to have you. And I, I just want to commend all of you. We, we lost an hour of sleep. And uh, so the, every morning, as, as you've, you've heard me say a few times already, uh, the thing that wakes us up is not the, not the alarm, but but our dog desiring uh, its lunch, its or not lunchtime, its breakfast. And <clears throat> so we thought, we thought, well, okay, it may throw her off now that that she's. Uh, we went an hour ahead last night, and so usually she wakes up at at quarter around quarter to to six. So five forty-five she wakes up. You know what she did this morning? She woke up at quarter, without the time change, at quarter to four. It's like, what? You, you know you're, you're, that we're, we, we lost an hour, or, and, and so the time is, uh, but anyways. Uh, so got up early this morning, and uh, you got up early this morning, and you are here. And I just, I, so I commend you for being in the house of the Lord, uh, whether you had an extra hour of sleep, or you got an hour less of sleep, whatever it was, you are here. And the Lord wants to speak into your heart today that you would have ears. My prayer at this time is that you'd have ears to hear what the, what the Lord is saying. Okay? <clears throat> uh, if I would put a title on the message today is, which, which voices are you listening to? Which voices are you listening to? Who are you listening to? It's a question. And with that, <clears throat> just one word, revive. Which voices are you listening to? And just one word, revive. Today, and I've, I've come to realize this more and more and more, the, the availability to hear voices has expanded, quadrupled, and, and more at this time. Think about it. In the last 10 years, in the last five years, in the last year, the capability of, of technology allows us even to not just listen to the voice at, at regular speeds, but we can actually bump it up to one and a half speed, two times, so I can hear more. I can have more voices to listen to. I got more time. So you can listen to my voice online, and if you listen after it's been done, you can actually speed it up. If you're on YouTube, you can speed it up. And so you can listen to an hour's worth of messages in half an hour. And my, I've come to realize, because I've done it, I listen to my messages, and not to say, hey, how, how great a, uh, an orator that I am, because I, know, I, re I recognize that I'm not, but rather to hear the word of God and to be reminded of the word of God. So I, I listen, I've listened to probably about 99% of the messages that the other pastors have spoken online, when they're online, when we're closed, and uh, also my own. The word of God is important, that we hear the word of God. So many people speaking today, who are you listening to? You may have your favorite man of God that you're listening to. You know, oh, man, pastor so-and-so. 
this uh, preacher, man, I just love to hear what they're saying. And I'm saying, I'm not saying that there aren't other men of God or whatever, but that, that they would speak the word of God. Listen, whether I'm speaking to you here now or whether I speak to you one-on-one, -on -one, if I'm giving you counsel or if I'm giving you direction, if I would speak into your life, that I would speak the word of God, not my own idea or opinion. Because I have a lot of ideas and opinions. But when it comes to uh, that which really matters is that which is of the Lord and that which would be the voice of the Lord. In this day and age, in 2 Timothy 4, from verse 4, and this is Peter speaking to Timothy. He says, I charge you, and you might say, who was Timothy? Timothy was a young pastor, was under Paul. Paul, he was, before he was a pastor, he was with Paul. And so Paul mentored him and then writes him two letters to Timothy, the pastor, the young pastor. He says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering or patience and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Listen, whoever you may be listening to, when you listen, are you listening because you have itching ears and you want to have your ears scratched and tickled to make, make you feel good? And I'm not saying that we can't, that a man of God can't preach a, a, a message that would encourage. Absolutely. Uh, we should encourage. We should uh, also be there to uh, build up and edify and exhort and comfort. But here it's, it's talking about them moving from the truth. And if, if we want to get to the ultimate truth is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And it was only through the finished work of Jesus Christ that we can ever get to the Father. If you're a person that you're listening to on a regular basis, you never hear them talk about Jesus Christ and him crucified. They better be speaking the word of God. But if they're getting away from that and they're turning to, to fables and to, I, I just want to, you know, make you feel good. Be careful. It says, but you be watchful in all things, uh, Timothy. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. In other words, you want to see people getting saved, which means you're going to share the gospel and fulfill your ministry. That's, that's an, uh, an exhortation, a word to me as a pastor and our young pastors here this, this morning and to all of us to be careful who we're listening to. This world, I'll tell you, what media, what news are you listening to? Some of you are getting, <clears throat> you have certain <clears throat> media or, or news uh, people that you listen to. I'll tell you, it's amazing how things are being censored and there's a narrative, the word narrative, that's being projected at this time. 
and that narrative, as we grab a hold of the words of man, whether they're real or not, and so often they're not too real, because they're trying to pump another narrative, I'll tell you right now, if you are living in fear, there is a problem. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? If you're, if you're going through life in fear and anxiety, and I, listen, I recognize there is a demonic element to it. When it comes to fear, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And the enemy starts toying with our mind and the thoughts that come in. The next thing, we're, we're, we're in fear because of who we're listening to and what they're saying to us. Now, it's a different thing. If I say, hey, listen, the Lord is coming. And you need to be ready, and you need to be right before him. And if there's a, a fear that comes upon you, it's a conviction of the Lord that would say, you better be ready and you better be right before me. The Lord is coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. If there is sin in your life that you are practicing, for goodness sake, get rid of it. Stop practicing sin. Why? And I say this not out of judgment. I say this out of all love and concern. It says in Galatians chapter 5, it says those who practice these things, they're going according to their flesh, their own strength. And we're talking believers. We're not talking about the unbeliever. We're talking about believers. And they're going according to their own strength and flesh. And as a result, there is a nasty list of things that's coming and they're falling prey to, to the point of not just slipping in it, but they begin to practice it. And it says, and the like, not just the, this list, but uh, and the like as a result of, of you going according to your flesh. It's about your flesh and catering to your flesh. And the Lord says, your flesh needs to be crucified. My flesh needs to be crucified. You say, how often? Daily. Daily. You say, pastor, is there, listen, if my flesh is not crucified, I'm going to have issue with my flesh on a daily basis. And even pastors will be doing things that are out of line to the point that if the trumpet sounds, they will be left behind. If there's a practice of sin. Now, who are you listening to, even when it comes to those that might be online or whatever? That they would preach the word of God, not be afraid to, to call sin, sin. And to also indicate there is always a solution when it comes to sin. And that is in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. His shed blood for us washes and cleanses us clean. Even as we would recognize that, hey, I need to get right with the Lord. And we humble ourselves. We say, Lord, forgive me. And we stop. We repent. Repentance is two things. It's a, a change of direction. A 180. I do a 180. I'm heading in the wrong direction, and I, I start to head in the right direction. You know what, as a believer, you know where you're heading. If you're heading towards the Lord or you're heading away from the Lord. Lord, that I would be heading towards you always. Who are you listening to? The second thing about uh, repentance is this. It's sin. It's not just direction, but it's the the... the the, the things of sin, whether it's 
a mission of doing what you should do, or it's a committing of what you shouldn't do. It's sin, Lord, forgive me, that I would not be practicing these things. Now, listen, who are you listening to? That we would listen to the Lord. This last fall, fall and every year, I say, Lord, I, I come to listen to the Lord. I take time and, and I, I wait on the Lord. And I just, because I, I don't want to lead the church in a direction that is not of the Lord. So there is prayer and fasting. And last year, as we finished off 2020, and coming into 2021, there, a word very, that came out from that time of waiting on the Lord was that we would shine in the darkness in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that we would boldly move forward by his spirit. I thank God for that word that he gave because it's giving me boldness at this point in time. It's giving me a boldness at this point in time. In the last few days, the Lord has spoken. In the last few days, in the last few weeks especially, listen, and I spoke on this last week as we, as we got together. There is such a range, not just within the church, on, on views on certain things, especially around this whole COVID issue and all that. But within the body of Christ, in Niagara Falls here at this time, there is such a range. And I mentioned last week that there are some churches that closed last year in March are still not open a year later. Here in Niagara Falls, there are literally several thousand churches across Canada that will never open again because they closed and they're not able to shut, open up again. They're finished. That is not the church that the Lord is coming back for. The church is the Lord is not coming for a defeated church, a, a church that is is it has to be saved and taken out of this world because it's a defeated church. The Lord is coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. We are members within the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the church. And at this time, we've been praying. In the last, we've been praying for a while. Lord, I can't believe it. As I, as I, I looked at this past year, in one year, we have been out of church in this setting for five and a half months. That is almost half a year that we have not been in church. And even now there's restrictions that are, are, are taking place that we can't sit next to somebody. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to come again about and talk about that today. But I am saying this is the Lord is speaking at this time. The Lord is, is, who are we listening to? And as a pastor and as church leadership, that we would be listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. In James 1, verse 1, and James, now this is the half-brother of Jesus. So it was born, this is the James that was born of Joseph and Mary. And he even is, is, uh, mentioned as being an apostle. Now, even though, uh, that, and that we would not be in the dark, 
Let there be light. Anyways. I just I want to say this. This James, this half brother of Jesus, I'll see if I can read here. Uh, a bondservant willingly of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't even say, hey, I was, I was a half-brother of Jesus. He just said, I'm a bondservant. I'm a willing servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Thank you. If we get the other ones on, that's good. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So don't worry about the things we're going through. Listen, I mentioned earlier, if you're afraid because of COVID and this and that, and I, I'm, listen, that's not how we should, we should be living. Let patience, faith produces patience, and let patience, you're going to go through it. Be patient through it. Patience has its perfect, perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So the Lord is saying, listen, if you're lacking wisdom and direction and whatever, let there be a coming to the Lord and ask of the Lord and, let, and wait on the Lord. That there would be a word given to you. Now listen, the word, the, the word of the Lord that would come to you will never contradict the word of God. It will never contradict the word of God. Never. The Lord does speak and will speak if we ask him for wisdom and for direction and, and what to do. And you say, Pastor, what are you, what are you, t what are you getting at here? What I'm saying is this. There are times where we need, we need to go before the Lord and ask, Lord, what should we do? Now, having said that, across Canada at this point, because of our situation with COVID and government and all of that, there's been a whole range of, of actions that have been taken. And so the last year, we have done exactly what the government and the health officials have asked us to do. Five and a half months, the first wave, we, we, we could only come five people max, and we were open pretty well every single day during that first wave. But we could only have five max in here. And so I can remember Don was doing his uh, new believers, and because there was more than five, he, he took, made two groups because it would go over five. If there were other people in the church, we'd run out and, and just to comply This second wave, they allowed us up to 10 in here. Every single day, the church was open, literally. First wave and second wave, the church was open. 
we're asking, Lord, we need direction moving forward to move boldly in your name. The last two Thursdays, there was a group of individuals that got together saying, what do we do? Some from this, this church, some from other churches. Pastor said, hey, Dave, what are you going to do? If there's a third lockdown, what are you going to do? And so we began, we began, began to pray. We've been praying as on, on the times that we have prayer throughout the year, we've been praying, Lord, give us direction, give us wisdom as to what to do. So two Thursdays ago, we got together. There were seven, seven of us. Five pastors, two others. And we started praying. And the Lord was speaking. And it is, we need to listen. And that first, actually the first Thursday, as we, we were there, part of it was to pray, and we prayed for direction. And there was nothing that was, that we, we could not agree on one single thing that came up because the Lord hadn't spoken. And so we agreed to agree that we're not just going to do something if the Lord doesn't speak. Last Thursday, got together at a church in, in Port Colburn. There was about a dozen or so of us. And we prayed again, Lord, we need direction. We need direction. And again, we prayed for about an hour and a half. We were praying one thing after another. During that time, and Pastor, Pastor Joel, uh, he's, he's, I, di I didn't see, he, I saw him at the, on the, the corner. We were in the, in the sanctuary, and, and he was on one side, and people were sort of spread out, and we were praying. And uh, one man, or as Pastor Joel was praying, to himself, I didn't hear. I didn't know what he was saying to the Lord. But he was basically saying, Lord, we really need you. We need you. We need direction. We need you. We need you. And sort of weeping before the Lord. <clears throat> so he's praying off quietly to himself. And there's, there's another man that, that had started praying. And all of a sudden, we, we hear this clap of thunder. Did anybody hear a thunder last Thursday? And now the thing is, it was right over us. I, I'm sure that the thunder was in Port Colburn, right over the building. It was so loud that it literally was shake. It shook, and it just continued on. And and then there there was the rain that came. And I, I'm hearing this drumming on the on the roof. I'm thinking, is this how it normally sounds, just in a regular rain? But then it shifted and it was beating against the side window so hard. I'm thinking, okay, that's a, that's a strong wind. Now, even with that, I felt like it was like, oh, well, okay, we got a thunderstorm. We have a thunderstorm and whatever. For Pastor Joel, it was like, hey, God's speaking here or God's moving here. The pastor, as we ended, uh, said, I feel that there's been a breakthrough. Now, I just want to say this. That point, 
I, I didn't feel anything. Even though I had prayed. During that hour and a half, I had prayed. I had prayed out. I had led in prayer at different points. Lord, we're calling on you. We're, we're asking of you to move in different ways. It's like, and I, I want to refer to the, the passage that I, I read as we began the service. It's from 1 Kings chapter 19. In, in chapter 18, Elijah, I'll tell you, Israel was in a dark, dark place. So already Israel, if you don't know a little bit of history, was no longer 12 tribes like with King Saul and King David and King Solomon, the first three kings. It was one nation. But after King Solomon died, it, it separated into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. And this, the northern kingdom with the 10 tribes was, I'll tell you, they were not heading in good directions. There were very few good kings over the course of from about 960 or so B.C. all the way up until 733 or 722 B.C. So for 300 years or so, we're talking nasty. The northern kingdom was, was in bad shape spiritually, and it was dark. And I'll tell you right now, right now, Canada is in a dark place. Canada is in a dark, dark place. And the church is in a place of disarray. And even as James is saying, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. And it's like the church is all over the place. We're in a dark place. The church needs to be the church in these last days. To, not, to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit in these last days like never before. And here, even as Elijah came and he spoke to King Ahab, who, whose wife was Jezebel and a nasty woman, and bringing in all these other gods in the worship of Baal. And there were prophets, and they weren't prophets of the Lord. They were prophets of Baal. And there were 450 of them. The prophets of God were being hunted and, and would be killed, and they were in hiding. And here the Lord gave a word to, to Elijah, and he says, Hey, I want there to be a test of who is God. I want a test to be, to be done. And, and Elijah in boldness went and said to King Ahab, who was looking for him, trying to take him out. When the Lord spoke, Elijah had the boldness to move and say, hey, I am going to meet up with the king, and there's going to be a showdown. And the showdown was this, let there be two altars built and let there be wood put on those altars and let there be a sacrifice put on those altars and let the God that is God consume the offering, the burnt offering. So we're not going to light a fire. We're going to let the God that is God above all gods light the fire and consume the offering. Well, 
not only did Ahab come with the 450, but it says all Israel came. And there was, so there's, we're talking thousands upon thousands of thousands of people that are there at that moment. And it's like, oh, my goodness. I don't know if Elijah at that point, uh, yeah, the, the Holy Spirit was all over him. To do so, here he is. The king could have said, you know what? No, we're not doing this. I'm going to kill you right now. I've been hunting you. I'm going to kill you right now. We know as we read the end of chapter 18, 1 King 18, it talks about them, the 450 prophets of Baal. They made their altar and they put the, the wood and the sacrifice on and they're going from the morning into the to lunch lunchtime. So we're talking three, four hours that they're they're crying out to their God to come and burn burn that the, the offering would be burnt up. And they go from after lunch right into the afternoon. And so they're they're at a point now where they're actually cutting themselves. Because that was part of their custom if to, to, uh, to entreat the gods and Baal. And there was nothing. Because there's only one God. <laughs> and Elijah was taunting them. One version actually says that, hey, maybe your God is going to the washroom. It's not able to come right now because he's going to the washroom or, and and so is taunting them and then Joshua or uh, Elijah as he it says he repaired the altar the altar of the Lord had been in disrepair and he's now he's repaired the altar I'll tell you there needs to be a repairing of the altar that there would be a recognition of Jesus' sacrifice on a regular basis. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what is the altars is the cross, and Jesus is the sacrifice that was put on that cross for us. That's the altar. And so here, he repaired the altar, put the wood on, and he put the, this burnt offering on. And that burnt offering is always representative of Jesus Christ. It's about having relationship with God. And he, he built a trench. He dug a trench around the altar, and he poured on the sacrifice and on the wood and everything. He poured gallons on top once. No, 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 that's not enough. Do it again. A second time. No, 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 that's not enough. A third time. And then he poured. So the trench is being filled a bit, and he filled up the whole trench. There's a calling out to God, and immediately the sacrifice was consumed. It was consumed immediately because the God that we serve is a mighty God. And does he hear? You better believe he hears. Does he speak? You better believe he speaks. But in a still, small voice. When we got so many voices that are talking, we need to turn off all the other voices and say, Lord, that you would speak to me, speak to me. And I'll tell you, as we wait upon the Lord, it may take some time. And so here we are. We spent hours the first Thursday. We spent hours the second Thursday calling on the Lord and, and praying to him and interceding and, and for the, the church and for the city and, and all of these different things. 
and for our government and all of that. At the end, pastor there says, so Pastor Dave, what should we do? And it was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Are we going to continue? Let's continue to pray. We're, there's no answer yet. We need to continue to pray. That's why I said this Thursday, I want you to come. Not that we would say, hey, Lord, you need to speak to us. Because, And I want to say this to Don. I want to say this to Andrew, wherever you are. They were, they were there on Thursday night. The Lord spoke to me. When I got home that night, the Lord began to speak to, to me. And it was, okay, I got to write. And it was about when we get together for this Thursday on what to pray, even how to pray. But not only that, Friday morning, as we, as we came together on Friday morning, already before I left the house, the Lord began speaking to me. It's not the first time that he's spoken to me. Usually it's oftentimes in the morning. It was Thursday night he was speaking to me. And then when I went to bed, I said, Lord, I need, I need free to speak to me. Oftentimes, like last night when I went to bed, Lord, you need to speak to me. What's the word? I, I, I sort of have an inkling of the word throughout the week. But Lord, you need, to speak, you need to speak to me. I want to hear from you. And he, he began to speak and give an outline, the bones, a structure of what we need to do or propose to do. And I'm talking, this is, I'm, I'm at like Elijah just wondering, okay, Lord, what are you going to, how is this all going to work out? There's been a few times where the Lord has, has spoken to me. One of the, and let me just give a few times where the Lord's spoken. It, it, we're talking huge changes that took place. One of them, when he called me into ministry, 9-11, a few hours before those two towers came down, the Lord, one sentence, I want you to be a pastor. Everything changed that night. It didn't just change in, in the United States, but it changed for my life because I knew, because I, I said to him, as he said, I want you to be a pastor, he said, yes, Lord. In 2004, May 7th, 2004, the Lord spoke to me, or it was in May of 2004, he, he, he spoke to me a word. And the word was a word for Niagara Falls that says, thus saith the Lord. And it was for Niagara Falls. This was a, a year after COVID, uh, SARS. 2003 was SARS. 2004, the Lord is speaking, and the Lord wants me to go to the mayor, and it's like, no, 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 I can't do this. I, I'm just a young pastor. 2003, October 2003, I'm installed as lead pastor here. 2004, just a number of months later, he's saying, I want you to go to the, to the mayor, and I want you to talk to the mayor. I don't even know who the mayor is. I've never met him. I know his name. I've never met him. He doesn't know me. It took me a year and a half to go to the mayor with this message. 
The word was given in 2004. A year later in April 2005, the Lord shook me and says, you need to open up your mouth. And it's like, God, no. And I knew that I was running from doing what I was supposed to do because he had spoken. It was not until September of 2005 that I, I shared with the church at that time what the Lord had given me to say to the mayor, and not just for Niagara Falls, but for Canada. And so I went. I th by Christmas time, and I, I said, you guys got to keep me accountable. And so now, because I told everybody, it's like, I can't back out because you're such a, such a, a wimp. It's good sometimes to be accountable to people. When you say you're going to do something. See, when you don't tell anybody, if you don't do it, it's not a problem, right? Because nobody knows. But when the Lord tells you to do something, you need to do it. And so what happened was, by Christmas time, I finally decided, okay, I got to go, but I'll, I'll give the mayor a break because the word that I'm going to say to him is there's a positive and a negative aspect to it. And so I, I gave him till after Christmas. And after Christmas in January 2006, I went and I made an appointment to meet with the mayor. And I, and I thought, you know what? And I can still remember walking up to City Hall in January. I think it was the 16th of January 2006 with this word, thus saith the Lord. What do you say? And I had written everything out, a preamble, so that he could have it in black and white. If he kicked me out, because I figured he'd, he, I'd be lasting there for like maybe five minutes, and he'd give me the, the boot and say, what kind of nut is this here? What, this religious nut. You know what? I was there for an hour, and our mayor, Ted Salsi, Thank God that he, that he went, he got counsel from somebody else, and that individual said, this is a word from the Lord. Heed it. And we had a time of repentance, and he says, hey, I, I was there, like I say, for an hour, and I was able to, to, to give direction. I said, hey, he says, you want to have a day of repentance? You can have a day of repentance. I'm giving you a day of repentance. Niagara Falls, make it. You set it up and whatever. I said, no, I'm not going to do this. I can't do it, but Mayor, if you tell the pastors that that's what you want, it'll be a lot easier coming than coming from me because who am I? Just one pastor in this city. That's exactly what happened. It was the wisdom of the Lord. And as a result of that, for the next 10 years, every year, we had not just a day of repentance in Niagara Falls. We had an entire week. And it, it came to be called our turn, our turn to pray. Well, the Lord has spoken a word. And it came last year in, it was May 7th, 2020. I'm going to read what I wrote down in my journal at the end of the day. And I'm sorry it's taking a little bit longer, but I want you to hear. This is the word that the Lord gave. There's a little bit of a preamble here, so I'll just read it quickly. Before going to prayer, this is Thursday, May 7th, 2020. The Lord spoke one word, and he was, I was asking the Lord to speak to me regarding the meeting with the mayor and this vision I had seen of tens of thousands of people by the falls. I saw a vision, and I've shared this before, of literally tens of thousands of people along the falls down by between Murray Hill and to Clifton Hill, just all over, and there, were, there was a stand with speakers 
uh, audio speakers, and I could hear the preaching of the gospel. And I can still see it in my, my mind, mind's eye right now. I can see the vision I had years ago. And that just before that, I have two brothers that I had shared that vision with that said, you know what, I've, I've had similar visions of there being something happening at downfall. And they had gone themselves to try to get things in place, and they were shut down. And so here last year, and I, I, I think I related to you folk, but I want to read. It says, still didn't feel like I knew what to do. The scripture, Revelations 1, 6, came to mind. And as I looked at that, that one, looked at the surrounding passages, Revelations 1, 48, and it's a greeting to the seven churches. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be all glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, and even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I'll just say this. This is last year. The coming of the Lord is that much closer than it was last year. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And the part that hit me was Revelations 1.5, and the fact that Jesus was ruler over the kings of the earth, and with that was great peace and comfort. Jesus is ruler over, at that point, Trump, Justin Trudeau, and Mayor Jim. Verse 6 says, kings and priests unto God brought me to the Old Testament, and every good king had the priests always doing what was right before the Lord. As the mayor would be doing what is right before the Lord, he would allow, uh, he would allow and have the godly spiritual leadership to do what is right before the Lord. So that morning... Uh, then that's was before I came to the church for prayer. And that morning, I'm just I'm reading my notes here for that day. I, there was prayer with mom, dad, uh, Pastor Nathan uh, via phone. You you were I guess on the phone uh, that morning, and uh, shared some of the things that the Lord revealed to me. Then prayed for a situation. Nathan prayed first, then dad, then mom. I prayed last. As I began to pray, started to also pray prophetically. Prayed for 30 minutes straight. It doesn't happen. I know I can pray long, but I prayed for 30 minutes straight. While I was praying, the Lord was revealing things spiritually, and I would pray those things. And saw, and I saw why the principalities that we had bound over the years in prayer didn't seem to be bound. They had been bound, but every principality was, was replaced with another. So as one was bound and, and, and taken out of the way, Satan would send another one. Because we, we'd pray. Mom, Dad, remember, we'd pray for years. Lord, we bind a principality that's over Niagara Falls. And that morning, it was revealed that every time one was bound, the, the Satan would just put another one over Niagara Falls because something, the Lord wants to do something here. I saw the heavens over Niagara Falls clear. No obstacles, praise God. Then extended to Niagara, and then it extended to the Niagara region. As I prayed that, I prayed that every pastor in church that preached a different Jesus received uh, a different spirit and gospel would have their eyes open and would stop or move out. Let there be a preaching of Jesus Christ and him crucified. During that time of prayer, also prayed that repentance would take place, that the Holy Spirit would be poured out, that revival would take place. And as, as we prayed or as praying for revival, the word revive came. I recognize that as I spoke the word revive, 
It was coming from God himself. It wasn't me speaking it, but God himself was saying, revive. The word of the Lord was revive or come to life. As I write this Sunday morning, May 10th, realize that on Tuesday night, had recorded for the Wednesday night message to be aired. The title of the message was Revival on Daniel 9, 120. And so the word, the message was on revival. Check it out. So this would be May of 2020. Check out the message entitled Revival. And then the word of the Lord came and said, this is a few days later. We, we pre-recorded on Tuesday. And on Thursday, the word came and the Lord saying, revive. It's already been spoken. The word of the Lord has already been spoken to come to life. Now, this is right in the midst of the first wave, and we're all shut down. I'm seeing now that the prayer I prayed on Tuesday night in pre-recording was heard. The message was aired on Wednesday night. Now, on Thursday morning, the Lord, revealing so much in prayer, also saw that the revival would be greater than one event, but would impact the entire Niagara region and all those that would come to Niagara Falls. And I prayed and saw angels, and like Jacob's ladder from Niagara region, as angels would minister to those that should inherit salvation. And on top of that, there was a prayer for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus would be lifted up, that many would be saved. I have never prayed that long with others. Prayed for, like I say, half an hour. Mom and dad weeping. At times, prayer in tongues, and Nathan praising God over the form. Didn't finish until 1045. After prayer, I talked, and let me just say what happened after that. Called the, the mayor's secretary, set up appointment to speak with the mayor. There was, a, there was, I think it was on the Friday then, the next day, spoke with the mayor, this was last year, about this event. A huge event that would declare Jesus Christ in Niagara Falls. And we thought it would happen last year already. Didn't. And we weren't worried about it because we knew that the timing of the Lord would be the timing of the Lord. The amazing thing was, when we called, when, when we called there was three of us, myself, another pastor, another individual, the three of us, we were online with him. And the, so we're talking, and the mayor says, you want to do this? Absolutely. So this is Mayor Jim Diodati, let's, let's do this. And he says, here, here are the names of the people that you need to call for Niag the, the Niagara Parks Commission that this thing could possibly be done. And, and so... We made the call. We got connected with the Niagara Parks, and they're saying, hey, listen, put together a proposal for this, this event to take place. That happened. This, this is all history already. It happened last year. So everything is already, it's moving in place for God to do a powerful work. Now, you might say, what does that have to do with the last two Thursdays? I, I just, for the sake of time, I just want to refer to one other thing and uh, one incident that happened. And I, I knew because I was here. We came in uh, Friday morning, this past Friday morning. And as we we're getting ready, uh, my parents still weren't there. So I thought, okay, I called them. I said, hey, are you coming for prayer this morning? Yeah, we're going to be there, but we're going to be late. And the Lord's... I said, okay. So I said to Pastor Nathan and Joel, who were already there, I said, listen, guys, give me a few minutes because the Lord's speaking to me. And so I was here in the sanctuary just going around, and I'm typing on my phone and all the things that the Lord's speaking to me that we need to do. Give me the, 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 the basic structure. It's a good thing. Now, there's so many possible roadblocks along the way, and I already experienced one. That... 
this is so f beyond. The Lord, is, he spoke the word revive last year. He wants for there to be a reviving. Right now, they're already talking about the third wave and, and being shut down again and the variants, COVID variants and all of that kind of stuff. I want you to come on Thursday because I'm going to share basically the, the bones of it and, and how it's going to be fleshed out. I don't know exactly how it's all going to play out, but give you that. But here's what happened. And it was a confirming. When my parents came in on Friday morning, I was just finishing up, and I went back into the foyer, because we always pray in the foyer there. And my mom was saying, Brother Alunska passed away. You say, who's Brother Alunska? Brother Alunska is, was 89 years of age, and he passed away that morning. It would have been six hours earlier because he was in Germany. He's, he's a German evangelist and preacher, a, a tremendous man of God. You say, well, what, what does Brother Alonska have to do with this? I just want you to, to know that this is how God, at times, he speaks and he confirms. and he Because I'll tell you right now, I was just like Elijah and the next thing, running for my life in, in 1 Corinthians 19. It's like in the morning, I'm feeling strong and whatever. And then by the evening, it's like, God, have you spoken to me? Is this for real? I shared it with the, the young adults on uh, yesterday morning. Sometimes we don't always feel. The Lord sp speaks, and then we question him, and we're running for our lives. And so here, this thing of bro Brother Alonska passing, passing, who is this man? My mother got saved through him. How old were you, Mom? Fourteen. The guy was, so technically he was like nine years older than you, nine or ten years older than you. So he would have been 24, and the Lord had saved him, and he was preaching. 24 years old, and my mom gets saved through his ministry in Germany. Then, and so this guy is, is I, I can remember him preaching. The one, one time at, at youth camp, some of you have been at Bethel Park camp and and I can remember the the word he gave a word from the Lord tongues I think it was tongues and interpretation and the word came and I can remember the one thing in German so so na which means so so near the coming of the Lord is so so near that was back in this in the 70s the coming of the Lord is so so near there's not much time left here we are 50 years almost 50 years later the Lord is that much closer to coming he is coming soon so here's the thing I find out, I knew that Brother Alonska had been here in this place. And I asked, I asked my mom, I said, Mom, when was Pastor Alonska here? Now listen to this. He happened to be at the very first service that we had in this building in 1995. The very first service, he happened to be here, and he spoke on that day, and there was prayer. I, I believe there was prayer that God would do a work and, and a move through what would happen here at this church as he prays. As he, and the amazing thing was, he was at the, the, the first service, and it, just a blessing that God would work through this church. Now, let me go back to the word revive. In 1963, one of the cutest little boys was born. October 14th, a little baby, a little baby boy. 
And that little baby boy was anemic. And my mom and dad were concerned. And I don't know, how old was I? About six or seven, eight months old when he came. In 1964, he came from Germany. He's in the area. And he comes to a little German church on Prospect Street, just down from the hospital. There's a little building. It's still there today. And they were renting this, the building for services. Now, I don't know this, but my mom tells that basically Brother Alonska happened to be there. And he came and he held this little baby boy in his hands. And I was pale. My mom says, Dave, you, you were not, you would not move. You just lay there because you were so weak. And this man, he prayed for me and held me in his arms. And I'm sure, once again, that this man, I don't know, but I'm figuring if I, if I was holding a little baby, there would be, Lord, anoint this little baby. Not just that there would be a physical healing, but that you would use this little baby, that he would grow up and be a man of God. And I'm just, once again, one day I'll be able to know exactly what was spoken in that prayer. But the one prayer that was prayed was, come to life. That, that there is a rebuking of the, the anemia and that there needs to be life that would come. And my mom says, immediately, my cheeks became red. Immediately, as the word of the Lord came through the man of healing, and I was set free and, and came to life. No anemia. The Lord is speaking a word of revive of life at this time. Listen, we need to stand up. We need to do what the Lord will have us do in these last days. That we would revive. He's already spoken the word revive. Listen, if you're in a place and you're anemic, that you would say, Lord, revive me. Because the Lord is already, I accept that word. He's already spoken the word. If you are spiritually almost dead, Lord, I accept the word of revive in me to come to life. Because the Lord wants to bring life to you. And I want to say to you, not just you, but your family. Some of you are dealing with, with sons and daughters and, and family members that don't, are, are, they are lost or they're not even saved, some of them. The Lord is saying, revive, come to life, have life in me. And he's speaking that word, not just that he wants to do a work in these last days here in Niagara Falls like never before. He's already given the word to revive. And the hard part, oh, Lord, now, don't you ask me to go see people? Don't ask me, don't ask me to go see people. It's a good word. What this city could possibly do with a church doing what it's supposed to do would bring life. If they grab, I pray to God like that our mayor would grab a hold of this. He's already grabbed a hold of part of it. That he would grab a hold and say, let it go to the chief medical officer. It needs to go to the chief medical officer that is over this region. Let him hear this proposition this experiment at this time it is a good word 
revive, to come to life. Praise God. Can we stand together? This Thursday, I'm going to, I want to share, I'm, I'm going to be talking a little bit with the, uh, some of the, the pastors that were here the last two weeks. I, I, I'm telling you before I've told them. I just shared it with Pastor Nathan and Pastor Joel and, and my mom and dad in prayer on uh, last Friday morning as the Lord was giving it. I was just, I just say, thank you, Lord. It's a word from the Lord. It is a good word, and I'm scared. A still small voice saying, I've spoken a word. Let it be done. Praise God. Lord, your heart and desire is for us to, to have full life. Lord, we're caught up doing the things of this life. So, off, so much, even with all that's going on around, some of us have been shut right down. Lord, we cannot move. We're paralyzed. We're living in fear. We're living isolated. Lord, that's what, that's what it brings us, is as Elijah heard the word from the queen saying, just like you killed all these prophets, I'm going to kill you. And he ran, fearful. That's what fear does. It isolates. It brings us to a place of, of being all alone. Lord, this thing of COVID has brought us all to a place of isolation and being alone. We can't meet together. And Lord, Eve even has legalized and, and, and such restrictions. And Lord, you're saying, revive. Come to life. Lord, I pray that the church will come to life, that we will do what you would call us to do in these last days. It's a good word. Revive. What you would have us do, it's a good thing. What you would have this city do, it's a good, it would be a good thing. So, Lord, I just, I pray that your will will come to pass in our lives. Lord, the enemy, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but you have come that we may have life and have, have it more abundantly, and not just us, but those that don't know you yet, that they would come to life. Let it be. I thank you for my dear brothers and sisters here this morning. Lord, I thank you that you still speak. And Lord, as we turn everything else off and we're still before you, we will hear your still small voice speaking into our heart and into our soul and spirit. And we'll know that it is you that is speaking. We just thank you and we praise you for your heart and desire for relationship and inter interaction with us to guide us and direct us and to lead us even in these last days. You're an amazing God. I pray blessing and protection and anointing on each and every one here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I know it was a longer service, but the Lord, he is good. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.